You're listening to the Archaeology Podcast Network. Welcome to the Historical Yarns Podcast, the show where we talk about knitting from the past and bring it into the present. Welcome to episode six of season one of the Historical Yarns Podcast. I'm Rachel Roden. And I'm Heather Boyd. And today we're talking about Faroese lace knitting. In episodes one through five, we talked about the origins of Shetland, Estonian, and Orenburg lace, which are what we would call the more well-known forms the of main lace. Ones, yeah. And in this episode, we'll be discussing the lesser known, but just as beautiful, Faroese lace. So if you're unfamiliar with the Faroe Islands, which honestly, I had to look them up on an on I a map. had no idea. <laughs> right? They are located between... Norway and Iceland. So if you get that in your mind, just think of like Norway, just north of Norway in the sea there. And they're technically part of the kingdom of Denmark. So yeah, Danish (laughs) traditions kind of come into play here. But Mm -hmm. like these other areas that we've been talking about, they're sort of isolated. Mm -hmm. And the traditions that have sprung up there are very... Uh, endemic to the area. Mm-hmm. So, am I using the right word yeah, there? Yeah, okay, I think that's right. I mm-hmm. thought so. <laughs> yep. And oh, surprise! It's cold there, <laughs> so they knit things. Yep, they have a harsh climate, <laughs> and interestingly, uh, but I guess not so interestingly, they got a ton of sheep. Oh, yeah. I read on one website that the sheep outnumber the people two to one. Oh my god! So you got to do something with all that wool. Yeah. But the difference in the Faroe Islands is that they're not picky about the fineness of their sheep's wool. So oh. these are the same sheep that they eat for meat. And so dual purpose. They're dual purpose <laughs> sheep. They're not super fancy. Okay. They don't have like the long, you know, staple. <laughs> or if they do, it's by accident, not by purposeful cultivation. Okay. Or as a result of the climate, as we've seen in the other areas, mm-hmm. the sheep tend to grow longer wool. So it's a more like utilitarian yeah. type of tradition it seems like yeah it's um, utilitarian they had all these sheep they had to do something with them yeah and it's very also very female focused industry so a lot of the economy on the Faroe Islands was based on fishing and mm, the men would sense. go out on their fishing boats and be gone for months at a time and the women would stay home and take care of everything else which included the sheep mm-hmm. <laughs> and then as you know a way to clothe their families and also a way to make money they would knit these shawls Cool. So if you're trying to envision a Faraway's shawl, um, think of a pair of wings. So they're often described as butterfly wings or angel wings. So like the top part of a of a butterfly, you're looking at sort of a trapezoidal shape with two triangles on the side and then a central vertical rectangle kind of like a panel a almost panel yeah. in the middle that they call the gusset. Mm-hmm. So They're really unique. Mm -hmm. And I think most of us have probably seen one. And a lot of modern patterns use a sort of tripart shawl. I've been seeing those pop up all over the place Yeah, I was just going to say, because the the ends are more elongated, Mm -hmm. which you see that a lot with shawl patterns these days because people want to be able to like 
wrap it around their neck like a like a scarf basically yeah. mm -hmm. and so these ones it seemed like they were pretty neat because they were long enough that they could wrap them all the way around their waist yes which so, is a cool styling detail I like that yeah one. like sort of crossed over the chest mm -hmm. and then wrapped around the back and tied yeah. so that number one the shawl would not fall off mm -hmm. and number two you could stay warmer that way yeah well it's it cover all like of your shawl. shoulders rather yeah. than just around your neck and it's like yeah. a vest yeah. right it's kind of like a tie on yeah. vest get all the warmth out of it that you can mm -hmm. I like that yeah, so the knitting is actually really important to the islands, um, so much so that this shawl is part of their national costume. And you'll see them worn everywhere, you know, on a daily basis. But when they dress up for festivals or holidays, um, all the women wear these shawls. Very cool. I mm -hmm. love that. That's yeah. awesome. I know. I wish we had something like I that. I know, right? Mm -hmm. Makes me want to knit one of these. It sounds like it's a very practical style, but yeah. also really pretty as well. And with those different panels like that, you can play with stitch patterns and stuff too. Mm -hmm. So Yeah. And often neat. you will see the stitch patterns are different in each of the sections or like mm -hmm. they're mirrored in the triangular section and then something different in the middle Yeah, like, or the triangles will be plain and then the middle will have lace and yeah. the border will have lace. So Very cool. Yeah. So the other thing that's unique about these is that they're, instead of being knit from the top down or from the center out, like the square shawls we've been talking about, they are all cast on along the bottom edge. So that means so many stitches, <laughs> yes, oh hundreds of stitches cast <laughs> on at one time. And this, you know, I couldn't find anything about this, but I wondered how they did this before the advent of circular needles. Yeah. How do you get all like, the stitches onto like a little 10 inch yeah, knitting needle? I don't know. I mean, they must have, it must have been longer than, they must have longer needles yeah. than 10 inch needles or they had. Or maybe they did some like. Maybe they did each panel separately. Like, did they? Maybe I had, didn't read anything about grafting in there, oh, but okay. um, it's it's a little harder to find information about the actual construction of these. Yeah. Um, but they're they are gaining in popularity um, because there have been workshops and classes and mm -hmm. things like that that you can take on them. So. Yeah, and and there cool. are several bloggers that blog specifically about Faroese shawls. Oh, so, really? Yeah. Wow. Talk about. A niche, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. But um, I mean, I guess like the other kinds, they're, you know, adaptable or you can change them in a lot of different ways. And so, you mm -hmm. know, there are a lot of design possibilities. I wonder if they have any like special techniques for casting on that many stitches. That's what I want to know. Like if you mess it up or short it or, <laughs> oh God. <laughs> well, because the shape is achieved by increasing, I'm guessing that even if you didn't do quite enough uh, or decreasing I'm sorry yeah. right? the shape is achieved by decreasing you could you, you can kind of shape it, it as you go along right yeah. so yeah. Um, it's it's sort of perfectly imperfect I guess <laughs> so that's cool yeah so you cast on all these stitches along the bottom edge and then as you're knitting up the shawl you decre you're decreasing in the triangular sections and beside the gusset so that by the time you get to the neck of the shawl you have a very few stitches and then you bind those mm -hmm. off so basically that center gusset is basically your bind off at the other end when you get to the yeah. top is that mm -hmm. how the construction yep. works okay that's for that's my really understanding neat. i mean i've never personally knit one yeah but um I'm that's very, what it looks like i'm very intrigued by this construction now because i feel like you can do some really neat things with those separated sections like mm -hmm. that that's really you cool can. and the ones that are most beautiful to me probably because of symmetry and i just you know i'm one of those people that love symmetry mm -hmm. is uh, are the ones where the center section is identically mirrored in the bottom border. Oh, 
Oh, yeah. So it would take some planning, mm-hmm. you know, um, but you'd have to make sure that whatever section of the bottom border is going to become your middle yeah. uh, sort of spine of the shawl yep. um, is lined up correctly <laughs> so that it becomes the sort of, you know, yeah. it's like a growth of the bottom motif. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very yeah. cool. Are the yeah. borders in the same direction? Like, are they knitted on or are they they're they're all, all it's, in... everything's knit from the bottom? Okay. Up. So if you have a border, it's more of a it's a motif that looks like a border. Okay. You know, it's not put on at the end or afterward mm-hmm. um, from what I could tell. So, yeah. So it's interesting that way. And then. The things that you'll see on the shawls, of course, are a lot of organic shapes, mm-hmm. flowers, branches, some geometric designs um, like rectangles and uh, repeated interlocking shapes. Mm-hmm. Um, but in general, they're a lot more simple than mm-hmm. what you would see from... Probably because of all the decreasing... Yeah. Right? It's hard to work lace patterning into decreases. So yes. that makes sense. Yeah. They're simpler. Yeah. And yeah. probably also because I didn't see anywhere that it was noted that these were sold to ladies of means. Like they're sold around the islands. Oh, but this okay. is not, it's not like the same thing as Estonian knitting that mm-hmm. are sort of exported all over the world or right. Shetland knitting, same thing, mm-hmm. you know, shared all over the world or, you know, they don't have famous patrons. Yeah. They're not really like a, a tourist destination or anything either in particular Mm -mm. so I guess a a cottage industry wouldn't have really bloomed up around it too much Mm -mm. there's nobody to sell them to and (laughs) and in fact like a lot of the patterns were never even really um, written down like they were passed from person to person and the ones that are written down they are only charted oh well, yeah. time to learn to read those charts, people. Know, right. Well, you can't avoid it any longer. You have, to, you have to learn a different knitting <laughs> language because on these charts, so on a typical knitting pattern chart, you would you would denote a yarn over with a little circle, mm-hmm. and then you would have also around it in order to keep your stitch count. Um, the yarn over increases by one stitch. Your stitch count, mm-hmm. you would have to have a decrease next to it. Well, in Faroese knitting patterns there's no notation of the decrease. So in their charts, you see the little X's for the yarn overs. And then you kind of have to keep track yourself of what sort of decrease you're using. And I guess this is kind of what we were talking about with the Estonian knitting and the samplers Mm -hmm. and like every knitter sort of learning to read their knitting Mm -hmm. and... Just kind of understanding the construction. Understanding, yeah, as Mm -hmm. they go along how to knit. Like Hmm. you you would sort of have to have a framework. Yeah. Uh, it's not something I would want to jump into as a beginner. No, because if you don't understand how to make sure you have the correct stitch count, because you're also decreasing at the same time mm-hmm. to make that shape. So like mm-hmm. you're working these decreases into the patterning as you go. Yeah. Um, yeah. That would be complicated to just have to figure that to out. To keep track of it and then yeah. to make sure it's all going to come out okay. Yeah. You know? Oh my gosh. And the ones where they didn't even write the patterns down, like yeah. if they're just working off of memory. I don't know. Wow. I, don't, I mean, it's it takes a special talent. set of skills. <laughs> and if you're, if you're interested in what, uh, to see a picture of what we're talking about, about in the episode, Episode notes. Yeah, there will be a notes. link yeah. to um, one of the blogs that we used for research that shows a picture of what an actual Faraway's pattern looks mm-hmm. like. So. Yeah, and it sounds like they're they're all triangles, right? Like there's not really any other shapes. That's that's pretty much all they like do. It's like a trapezoid. Yeah, so, yeah. So yeah. yeah, it almost looks triangular, but with a flat bottom. Right. It's kind of like a triangle with the tip cut off. Okay. Yep. That makes sense. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So 
Um, but yeah, patterns are so rare, actual written patterns, that um, another anecdote I found was that one of the Faroese women who actually took the time to write them down and publish a book, her name was Olivia, Olivia Jensen, mm-hmm. she published this book with 215 patterns in it. Mm -hmm. And even years later, I mean, you know, she lived 100 years ago, but her family gets asked by the local (laughs) library if they have any other copies because they keep getting stolen. Oh, no. From the library. Yeah. Oh, so they, sounds like I, a book that needs to be reprinted. Yes, they did. I <laughs> recently decided to reprint did the oh, cool. to reprint the book. But I found that to be really interesting. That's um, like <laughs> well, people either there's been a resurgence and wanting to learn about it or mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. What. Well, I I think that there's not a lot of unknowns in knitting these days, mm-hmm. you know? Like even the techniques that are developed in really isolated places are like if you get into knitting at some point, you're going to hear about Hornberg lace or mm-hmm. stoning lace or whatever, mm-hmm. and Isle knitting and all that kind of stuff. Like you hear these terms and you learn about them, but this one is very unique because it doesn't, it's just not as in the popular knitting culture. So there's mm-hmm. a, a place there people wanting to learn, I'm sure. So. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And absorb the culture. Or maybe there's just slow learners like me. They got to keep the library book for a little longer. <laughs> is that terrible? Well, but, I mean, with technology these days, you can just snap pictures of everything you want. So it about. seems like you don't need to steal it. But, yeah, well, you know. You would think. But, you, you know, think. who knows? <laughs> who knows what really happens yeah. in the Faroe Islands? Right. Oh, my goodness. But yeah, if you get a hand, your hands on a copy of 215 Shawl Designs by Olivia Jensen, and just uh, I, hoard it. Yeah, I'm going to keep my eyes open <laughs> next time I go safe. thrifting or whatever, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so, okay, well. so, yeah, the, the patterns are all, um, they're all different, you know, but they also have the tradition of being passed down through families, too. Mm-hmm. So the thing I was going to Just mention. like all the others, mm-hmm. it's very much a family-oriented thing. Yeah. So. Again, that's real cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm definitely intrigued by this shape, so I'm going to have to go spend some time researching that. So maybe I can have a design in the future that's that's got those angel wings, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's. It, I mean, it makes sense, right? Yeah. Like it, I can see how that would stay on your shoulders a lot better, especially yeah. if you were going out. You know, taking care of sheep, mm-hmm. doing doing your chores, right? Yeah, <laughs> or children, you know, yeah. or whatever you're doing, chasing them little people around, <laughs> or working, you know, <laughs> working in a cold warehouse. <laughs> hey, you never know what you might be doing on a daily basis, right? <laughs> All right, well, that was the Faroese lace knitting tradition. We're going to take a short break and then we will come back and talk about the the final section of the shawl knit along pattern. Welcome back to episode six. In this segment, we are going to talk about your finishing and blocking because you have definitely finished all that knitting, right? <laughs> For sure. You're of totally course, done now. Yeah. So the pattern is the Zetland shawl. You can grab that on Ravelry. Uh, just search Z-E-T-L-A-N-D and you'll find it there. Um, and then go back and listen to the first five episodes if you haven't and catch up on the knitting. And then when you get to where we're at here, you'll be ready to block and have your beautiful finished object ready to wear. So And you'll also know all about it. Yeah, because you get the history and then you also break down like pretty much every single part of this pattern. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, lots of information. Anyway, um, so we are at the finishing and blocking section. Um, you're going to. 
I feel like if you have chosen to use a yarn similar to the one that I recommended, the wool, these are pretty hardy yarns. So I think you're okay to go ahead and wet block it. I did. Mm -hmm. I do with these yarns and they are fine. Be careful not to give it too much like friction when you're washing it or or Mm -hmm. don't use hot water. I definitely would recommend like lukewarm or cold water Mm -hmm. just because so friction and heat are the things that cause yarn to felt. Mm -hmm. And this isn't super washed. So you want to be careful of that. So just keep your yarn cool and don't mess it around Mm -hmm. in the water too much and you'll be fine. And also fill your tub and put your soap in before you put the item in. So you're not running water onto it because you may you could end up with a slightly Mm -hmm. felted spot. Yeah. Running water, it almost folls it Mm because I think fulling is a step between like right. full on belting, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, so, it's like yeah. when the fibers come out and before they knit together yeah. to be felt. Yeah, so. exactly. So, so just handle, you know, treat it with care. Mm-hmm. And it's not extremely delicate like like Rachel is saying, but mm-hmm. a, a wrong move could make it could not as wonderful in the yeah. finished product. So just have a little extra care at this step and you'll really enjoy it after mm-hmm. it's blocked. Yep. And then, yeah, just do the full soak wet block and use something like we mentioned in our last episode, like soak or eucalyn, something that's a no rinse, nice, easy, gentle cleaner to um, both clean it and also like help soften it up and mm-hmm. and help the, the fibers really bloom too. Mm-hmm. So all of those things will happen when you block it. Blocking is magical. Mm-hmm. It is. <laughs> it really is. And I think we mentioned in the last episode that we would not recommend using the towel roll method for getting the water right. out of your yarn because of the same things we've talked about mm-hmm. so far, treating it more gently and trying not to felt it, trying yeah. not to let it rub up against other fibers. And sometimes if it's in a towel like that, it might get a little extra yeah. rubbing. Yeah, I what I did is I just kind of gently like folded it over itself a couple of times and then I just squished as much of the water out of it as I could mm-hmm. very gently without really like causing too much friction, you know, and and that was fine. And, you know, we do live in Nevada, so it's very, very dry here. So it dried within a day easily. Mm-hmm. It might take a little longer if you live somewhere with more humidity, but it's worth it to not have it potentially felt or whatever. So mm-hmm. definitely recommend that. Um, And then once you are ready to shape it, you're just going to want to um, pull it out into the shape that you desire. And I think we mentioned a couple episodes ago that you can go with the like mermaid tail thing and really like accentuate those points if that's what you want. Or you can pull that center um, center piece like where the the center panel is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can pull that down and make it truly rectangular. Yarn is very moldable when Mm -hmm. it's wet, especially a yarn like this. So, you know, mold it into the shape that you like and Mm -hmm. that is the best fit for for you and how you would want to wear it. And uh, And just keep adjusting it until it gets looking like you want. Mm -hmm. Yeah, blocking is not a fast process. I I always think that I'm going to be able to do it in like 10 minutes. Mm -mm. No way. It's never that quick. So, Um, but, you know, doing it right means that it'll probably it probably won't need to be done again until like once a season may, may, mm-hmm. maybe like mm-hmm. I probably wash my shawls at the end of the winter season and then they're ready to go for summer mm-hmm. or um for fall yeah. but I don't always get to it and sometimes they get washed before fall but you know whatever <laughs> well girl I just washed all my winter woolens like all <laughs> my you? stuff and gave my son who yeah. was five he saw his hat like his, uh-huh. the one with the tractor on it and uh-huh. he was like his winter coming <laughs> 
<laughs> and it took everything in me to be like, to not say, yes, winter is coming. Yeah. <laughs> winter is always coming. Yeah, it, it comes <laughs> he got real excited, though. He was like, when is it going to snow? I'm like, not anytime soon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> not a big fan of the heat, huh? I know I'm not. Oh, no, I hate it. Goodness yeah. gracious. Nope. Yeah, so you're going to go ahead and just pin it out to the shape and dimensions that you that you like. And I like to get the nice crisp edges and you can use your knit blockers to get the nice, you know, the angles so that they're nice and sharp. And yeah, that's how I how I like to do it. Mm-hmm. So that's- and at the end of the last episode, episode five, we talked about how exactly to use the knit blockers to mm-hmm. to get long straight edges blocked yeah. if you only have a few or you don't have a bazillion sets of them like Rachel does. I, I only have two. Come on, man. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. But blocking no. wires also work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, or straight pins, you know, mm-hmm. a bunch of them, but yeah. still, they'll still work. Yep. Yeah. All those things to get your nice straight edges because there isn't lace on this. So on the edge. So mm-hmm. you're not trying to get a wavy edge like you would if there was lace, a lace border, mm-hmm. which makes blocking a little bit harder, actually, because you have to, like, be very purposeful in getting those straight edges. Mm-hmm. Um, but also keep in mind that if you do have a little bit of dipping happening, mm-hmm. it'll it'll stretch out once it's dry, probably. Mm-hmm. They, they usually do. So, again, yarn, very moldable. Mm-hmm. You can make it do what you want it to do. Yep. So. Well, I personally love the mermaid tail yeah, look. Me and too. then, you know, if you go with that too, you don't have to worry about it being perfectly straight or That's anything, true. just so it's yep. kind of even. Yep. So after yep. it's all dry, what sort of finishing do you need to do? Oh, well, you got to weave in all those ends and it's it shouldn't be too, too bad, really just where you're joined your new yarns. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't talk about weaving in ends. If you choose to use the yarn like I've recommended, Bit Splice will be your best friend. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah, this that's yarn right. is Bit Splice like mm-hmm. a champion. Mm-hmm. So I actually only have ends to weave in where I cast on and bound off and mm-hmm. then where because there's different sections going on. So you're joining yarn where I've had stitches on hold or whatever. Those are the only spots that I have to actually weave in ends. I spit spliced all my new skeins. And what Rachel's talking about is just gently wetting the ends of the the yarn, like mm-hmm. the end that is already in your work and the new one that you're joining mm-hmm. and laying them over each other end to end, but mm-hmm. with like a slight overlap of probably what, an inch to two inches? Yeah, I actually like overlap them like this. Uh-huh. I like hook one end around the other mm-hmm. so that it, you have like a little bit of a loop there and yeah. then it doubles back on itself. Okay, yeah. So, and then yeah, it, even better. Yeah, and, and it then, holds really, really well when you do it that way. And mm-hmm. you just rub them between your palms real fast. The only mm-hmm. time in this project that we tell you to intentionally felt this yarn yeah exactly and um and depending on the fiber content of the yarn that you end up using this will work better or worse but as long as you mm-hmm. have like 70 percent wool yarn mm-hmm. it really should work fine yep no superwash superwash will not work at all you could try a russian join with superwash if you wanted one that is um not going to leave you with ends to weave in mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I think spit splicing in this kind of yarn is really the way to go. And it is called spit splicing because back in the day, people would use actual spit. Mm-hmm. I totally use actual spit. Uh, my it samples, works by way, the way better. It does. <laughs> the, <laughs> I mean, if you've ever tried to be all precious about it and use you, some water, like yeah. sometimes when I'm knitting something for someone else, I'm like, I should put my spit on this. <laughs> and then, no, but you know what? It, it doesn't better. work as well. Water does. does not work as well. It doesn't. And so uh, and, and if I've knitted anything for you, my spit has been in it, but I always wash and yeah. blow. Lock it afterwards. Yeah, so no. And it's traditional. Again, we're trying to make a traditional garment here, Mm -hmm. right? So go with spit splice. Yes. You won't regret it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Spit splice. Spit splice pushing is over. (laughs) Um, 
<laughs> so yeah, if you have done that, you shouldn't have too many ends to weave in. But I do like to go ahead and weave in any of the ends that I have before I block it. Mm-hmm. So what I do is I weave them in first, but I don't cut them yet yes. or not cut them short. I yes. just weave them in and then block, then block it. And what it will happen is when you're stretching and blocking and pinning, the end will kind of like work its way into the the shawl or the, the mm-hmm. piece, wherever it should be. Um, and then when it's done and it's dry, you can trim just it. Just trim them. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Because you always want to have a I little. Too. Is mm-hmm. it? Okay, perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll have a little bit of an end sticking out, but just make that be on the wrong side. And yeah. then, then it's all good. It okay. shouldn't work its way through to the to the right side. And then after you're all done, this is when you can add some tassels mm-hmm. to your corners if yep. you want. Yep. Yeah, I'm I'm into the tassels. Mm-hmm. Oh, pom poms would be cute too. Yeah, pom poms. Pom poms. Oh my god. Tassels. Yeah. That would be adorable. Little. You could even add fringe. I mean, if you're feeling oh, very fringe. You know, I don't know. That was in for a little while, wasn't it? It, fringe it was. Shawls. It feels a little bit fancy though, doesn't it? Yeah, I it might know. be too much. Yeah. I personally don't like it tickling my arms. I yeah, like yeah. Do you know what I would do? I mm. would totally add buttons to the corners of the mermaid <gasps> yeah, tails. Yeah, you're saying or that. Or make like a shank button mm-hmm. where you have two buttons that are connected by a shank, almost like a cuff link. Mm-hmm. And then you could join them and just, ha- it could be like a sleeve. Yeah, and then you could wear it like a little shrug almost. Mm-hmm. That then would be really wouldn't, cute. wouldn't come off. Mm-hmm. It would drape over your shoulders and yeah, that would mm-hmm. be really cute. But yeah. you could wear this a whole bunch of ways. How mm-hmm. would you wear it, Rachel? Um, well, I always default to basically wearing shawls like scarves <laughs> mm-hmm. so the center panel in front of your neck mm-hmm. and the ends wrapped around and the, the back ends of your wrapped neck. around uh-huh. yeah and then back to the front yeah so they hang down yeah and then when i have a jacket on i'll tuck the ends in so that they're not dragging mm-hmm. in anything yeah because like as much as i love a, a shawl with like long drapey ends or whatever they they're not they get in my way mm-hmm. you know so i want to be able to tuck them away mm-hmm. so that's how i do it and if if you're going for like a fancier night you could always just drape it over your shoulders mm-hmm. too but ooh, what about a shawl pin Definitely. Yeah. I mean, or have you seen those shawl bands? Oh, they're yeah. like leather bands. Yeah. yeah they're really cool. Yeah. Those, that, it, this would work well with this. This would work really well with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those, they're made out of um, leftover belt pieces or something. Are they? Yeah. Oh. Some of the ones we have in the shop are. Well, they're fantastic. cool. Yeah. Really neat. So yeah. um, it's a very basic shape. So you can kind of wear it however you like. Mm-hmm. You could even do the like sideways, you know, like that kind of. It's very like it almost seems staged for photos, you know, where they have it like off to the side and like you can see oh, like yeah. the main panel down the side. And yeah. Then, yeah. And then the two ends over the other mm-hmm. shoulder. Yeah. Yeah. You could wear it that way, too. Mm-hmm. But I would I think a shawl pin would have to hold it in place if mm-hmm. you wear it that mm-hmm. way. So, yeah, definitely. Yep. Right. Well, that's how we recommend finishing and blocking and then wearing and loving your uh, your Shetland shawl. So that is the Zetland shawl, Z-E-T-L-A-N-D. You can grab the pattern on Ravelry. And that is the the end of season one. So thanks for listening and happy, happy knitting. for listening you can find me on Ravelry and on all the socials as Rachel Unraveled and you can find Heather on Ravelry as Heather Boyd 84 be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast wherever you found it and we'll see you next time happy knitting this show is produced and recorded by the archaeology podcast network Chris Webster and Tristan Boyle in Reno Nevada at the Reno Collective this has been a presentation of the archaeology podcast network Visit us on the web for show notes and other podcasts at www.archpodnet.com. Contact us at chris at archaeologypodcastnetwork.com.